Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we have a special guest. We have Jenna that is here with us. Jenna Mac, oh my gosh, is it McGowan? McCowan? No, it's okay. It's McEwen. 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 Jenna <laughs> McEwen. <laughs> I realize I've never even said your last name. Oh, that's totally fine. So Jenna is the co-founder and director of business development for the nonprofit organization Water for Life Global. After experiencing her own illness from water contamination while traveling, she became devoted to the path of healing through water. Knowing that water is the first step to any sustainable life, she's committed her time to helping families in Guatemala regain the basic resource of clean water. So Water for Life Global works on the distribution of water filter technology, natural sanitation products, water education, and the collaboration on biological water treatment plants and contributions towards the reforestation of Lake Atitlan. And I have a, a very strong connection to Lake Atitlan. Anyone that has been to Lake Atitlan in Guatemala has felt the energy there. And so Jenna is a friend of mine and we started talking and I wanted to bring her on to share her story because I know there's a lot of people that listen to the show, a lot of women that listen to the show that have this dream and this desire to, to make a positive impact on something that they care about, that there's a connection there. And, you know, the idea of making a change in the world can feel really daunting, but we believe I know that Jenna does as well. It's like that it's possible that, that that we have the ability to make that impact. And so Jenna, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kelsey. It's such an honor to be here with you. As I was sharing before, is you your podcast has definitely been in my in my cycle. So on travel days, I like to download a few of your podcasts. So I'm just super excited to have it go full circle and I get to share my story and share the story and our mission of Water for Life Global. Yeah, definitely. This is so exciting. And I'm I'm really curious about, you know, you mentioned that you had your own water illness contamination, and that's something that sparked this um this this journey and this passion of starting this nonprofit organization. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that story of what happened? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So sometimes I think it's it was the water initiation in my life. I, you know, we were talking about is this intuitive nature of of being on our path and being in our mission and that's essentially how it all started with me and before I even got sick I was I started my traveling when I met you in San Diego I then after that started traveling in Asia and that was my first backpack journey being like this solo woman traveler be like I'm gonna take on the world yeah and it was amazing it was incredible and I was living this you know in a budget way, a very extravagant life. You know, I'm sure you can relate to all the the villas and the amazing little casitas you get and all these like very inexpensive places to live in $27 a night. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so affordable and doable, but yet there was this amazing experience I was living yet I was seeing this divide. I was seeing the trash and the poverty and, Mm -hmm. you know, and even I want to put in quotation poverty because we all have a a definition of what poverty is. And I've learned on the journey that poverty doesn't always have to mean, you know, less than, but it's a lack of resources is what I was seeing and really feeling within my heart, this like, Ooh, I'm, I'm experiencing so much from the locals, from different countries I'm exploring in. And yet where, like, there's a disconnect here. There's like basic resources are not being met. 
And then naturally through my travels, I, I got hit really hard with a parasite and I didn't realize it at the time. I, (laughs) to be exact, I was in, um, I was in Mexico and I went and wanted to get my agua fresca. So if anyone knows what that is, it's kind of a, a, like a, a fruit, fruit water, you know, it's, and not always are they using purified clean water or they're just using the tap water. And that's a very normal thing. So I was a little naive in my travel ways and enjoying this agua fresca and instantly got so sick, really, really sick. And that took me on an entire healing journey within my body of like purging out this, this parasite. And what was impacting my life was really all stages. First and foremost is like my brain fog. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't, I couldn't retain even nutrients in my food. I had this memory one time, actually a, you know, friends were seeing me and they're like, wow, you look so tired. And I had this like full sleep and, you know, I was very alive what it felt like, but yet it was so apparent in just the way that my face was and the way I was looking, it was just, I was really detoxif- detoxing this parasite in my body. So when I couldn't think, I couldn't, you know, I realized that sugar was such a big aspect of, of this, like keeping it alive within my body. I started going through this experience of, wow, water is such an essence to life. And to, you know, if I was going to stand for something, I needed to be able to stand for something that was the first step. And in my life, that was like, before you can have, you know, you need to have clean water before you can retain the nutrients in your food. You need to have clean water before you can have an, a strong education and be able to think straight, to be able to get a high paying job. So these first things is, was so important to me. And when I decided to really surrender my life to traveling and to seeing other parts of the world, I really wanted to be in service to the land that I was staying in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ultimately, yeah, that's did where you, I've I'm been. I'm so curious. Did you have like anxiety of like thinking like something's living inside of me? Like, how did you like <sighs> cope with that? Yeah, <laughs> living inside of me. It was. I know it sounds weird to say it like that. But Maybe that's true. my own fears. No, it's no. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was. It was definitely you know. There's you know bugs and it's it is because I felt something was so off. And what was really challenging in the aspect is I would go to doctors and in my own path too, I, I kind of had a really low gut biome because I grew up with a lot of antibiotics because I used to get that swimmer's ear, which was always, water has always been a big aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. And I would go swimming. I would get these earaches and I would have routine antibiotics as a child And my mom, you know, like she was an amazing mother who just wanted to help her daughter who is crying in pain and not understanding the long-term impact of what, how my, my body wasn't able to fight off this bacteria Mm -hmm. because, you know, we, if we have a good healthy system, if we have a good gut, that good acid in our belly is going to break down those, those parasites or bacteria that come into our body. But I didn't have the strong health or ability to to be there. You know, I I, I was really weak. 
And that's where it's been a, a huge aspect of me being so passionate to help even the young children because in our line of work with Water for Life, we were seeing children, we were going to um, doing deliveries and I'll talk a little bit later about what we do, but we would do deliveries in villages and go into the local or the nurse area. And we would, you know, ask them, has this been a reoccurring problem? Like what's, what's going on here? And the doctor would very openly say, yeah, we give them antibiotics and then they come back two months later with the same problem. So it's, it's going back to the root, going back to the to the real core issue here is we're not having access to clean water. Mm. Yeah. 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 And that's, it's, it's so powerful how you mentioned like that divide of being able to see all the beauty and being able to experience it, but what life was actually like for the locals that are there on a day-to-day basis, the massive gap of accessibility. So like when you first started water for life, like, what was that journey like of like getting it started? Like the journey of believing in yourself or like connecting <laughs> with other people, you know, cause I think about people, can you kind of walk us through like, what was that journey in the beginning? Yeah. Wow. It's, <laughs> it's so funny because I'm still in the middle of it. You know, I'm, you know, four years into water for life global and it's been a, a massive learning curve for me and and I hands down have to say like having a badass business partner which Nikki has been oh so grateful to have her in my life to support me through my ups and downs and and our work is not easy it's like we're so devoted to the water while kind of being up against a culture of you know consumerism and and even just the toxicity of our food and the sugar industry and you know we're up against a big battle and even trying to talk about how important water is to our life where everyone I don't want to say everyone many people in our world are are just fixated on getting the next technology or the the next you know fancy thing here or there having a big house getting this and while that's all it's all nice and good to have those things because I like my nice things too but it's like going to the basics of I don't want to say convincing, but really inspiring people to just see that water is our life. It's, it's, we're here because of water. Yeah. It's probably easy for people not to take it into consideration because they've never lived a life without having access to it. And like, I remember coming back. So, you know, traveling is something that, you know, uh, has been a huge part of my journey as well of discovering myself and, and connecting with spirit and God and the universe. And I just remember living for like almost three years over the course of a couple of like five years, living places where I could not drink the tap water. And so like the brushing your teeth, these little things, mm-hmm. that you, there had to be this extra caution and awareness because I knew the consequences would be really bad. And I just remember coming back into the United States. And one of my biggest things was like, I'm so grateful that I can swallow the water if mm. I needed to and not get sick. And my whole family was like, that is just so weird. It seems so petty yeah, because they've yeah. never experienced not having it. So the idea to put focus on it at all just seems like, well, yeah, that's just a given. That's just there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, you know, the reverse culture shock of after being in a country and you go back home and you're just like, wow, look at all the the things that are so accessible and easy. Mm. And you know, of course, water was was that, and and I remember, you know, my first year, I was in. We were doing the project, and 
I had gone through all of these things where I was taking bucket showers on a regular basis because in the community that I lived in, the first place that I lived had water access from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. So it's not even always the fact that it's like contamination. Of course, yes, contamination, but it's even having access to the water being like available. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I had the water turn off at 12 p.m. And you saw how quickly that was a lack of sanitation. I was like camping, just imagine myself camping for half of the day. And, and of course not brushing my teeth with the water and having to have, you know, the bottled water, just having a water bottle to always um, brush my teeth with. And, and then you, I got to see how much water it takes just to flush a toilet, because what we'd have to do is we would literally take a bucket, a five gallon bucket, go walk to the lake, fill it up just to flush the toilet. I was living in a, I know I was, oh, oh, I was living in a community at the time. And of course, just like maybe a little like poop shame. I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to know that I'm going to the bathroom. Like I need to flush the toilet. So it was, it was interesting, the whole dynamic and, and just simply being able to wash my hands. Yeah. How like taking it for granted until Mm -hmm. you're in situations like that. And that's kind of what's been a, a major thing in some of these developing countries is, you know, we have 2 billion people in this world that don't even have basic sanitation practices. And I, I live it, I see it constantly. And, and bacteria is if any kind of you're touching your butt or touching anything with your mouth, like your hand to your mouth and to then to your butt, like there's, there's so much cross-contamination. And then when you're say you're not even getting a chance to wash your hands. You're putting that into your food and then that's spreading. Would you say a lot of communities like surrounding Lake Atatlan, like that's, that's happening? Oh, that's, it's so real. It's so real. Like what is like like kind of the, the life that, you know, what does a day in the life look like for some of the indigenous communities? Yeah. So, you know, in some of these communities, one thing that is very apparent is, you know, not having that access to water. So when you go into a community, it's very common to see all these buckets in their house, just five gallon buckets, almost like, I don't know if you remember those gasoline looking blue tubs. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you're traveling and seeing them in locals homes, but they, because they don't always have water access, they end up filling up all of these buckets because at that point they need to say, okay, I, I have this access of water because some villages won't get water for eight to 10 days that we've been in. So they store all this water and that's what they have to cook with, to clean with, to bathe with, to wash their clothes with. So it's and like a personal septic tank in a way, but like on a yeah. very micro level. Yeah. And especially if they don't have the resources to buy any like big container, there's, you know, some, some families who are, have enough resources, they have like a storage tank, uh, like a storage reserve um, in their home. But many of these families do not have that. And, and so, you know, it's storing that and, and they do, they fight with this, you know, even just bacteria from bugs, like all this open source water, just stagnant water, just sitting in these in these containers is bringing flies and, you know, that's, that's not, that's not helpful. Like those mosquitoes are very much around their homes. Mm, yeah. Being bred in the water. And what was some of these? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Just like one last thing. It was just like, even just going into a basic family's home, a lot of them don't even have, it's just like a dirt floor or, you know, I I've definitely been in a home where it's just like literally a bed and they have like no roof over their, their bed. And when it's rained, they move it to another room. So it's, it's, and then it's many, many people in those homes. You know, if you have sometimes it's a compound, so it's multiple families within that home. So really small spaces, many people not having sanitation, not having access to clean water, not having water at, at their availability at, at when they need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And it's things that, you know, you see, or you hear about, but you don't actually, like you've actually lived it and been able to see what it's like, even actually not just visiting, but living it yourself, you know, like what was some of the, what was like the very first thing? Like, what was like the first thing that started the ball rolling with water for life? Yeah. Like kind of how I shared in the beginning story was initially this deep, pain of the water of just Mm. seeing how important it was and you know and then having this this synchronistic way like honestly I have no other way to explain but it was all synchronicities that happened in my life and I put out an intention that I wanted to be in service to Guatemala because I I was so passionate like I was seeing you know, what all these developing countries were going through. And if I was going to be exploring you know, Central America, I wanted to be put in service and I wanted to be in service to this world. And I put that intention out there and it really, you know, I got linked to Rudy, who has been an amazing, you know, the one of the starting points of Water for Life Global and funded the 501c3 for Nikki and I. And we really became passionate about spreading our our message and really getting the expat community to support. If we were going to be living on this land, that's like something so real is, you know, instead of everyone bringing in their, you know, having, having their offerings or selling this good just to, to survive in, in other countries. Well, what else are we doing to support the locals and to support families yeah. So, because so and, many expats have external income that's supporting them living in that area, so it's like can create such a divide within the the community of yeah. coexisting. And that's why I'm also really, I'm really so excited for the growth. Again, we're in the age of Aquarius, so things are changing and evolving in our times of, we really do want to support our neighbors. We do want to help each other out and not be on this one, one-minded path. You know, Aquarius is the collective, the community, the coming together in humanitarianism. So we're changing our ways. And that feels really exciting to be, in like the new visionary state of what the world can look like if we take care of each other, because we're all connected. It's like, we're drinking the same water as our neighbors, you know, here in Guatemala is like, we, we have the same water. So in water is memory. What do, what do we think that we're all feeling? We're all feeling the same parasitical energies. We're all feeling that same parasites that are within us. So, you know, by helping healing ourselves. We're also being able to heal our neighbors and, mm-hmm. and come to this common goal of, of, of supporting each other. Yeah. 
I'm so curious. Do you like charge your water? Like, do you have like cleansing mm-hmm. rituals for your own <laughs> personal water? Yeah, I definitely, I'm a, I'm a crystal girl. So I, I've definitely been in the Shungai crystal game and I have this beautiful flaska water bottle that I really love. That's, um, you know, programmed that the glass is programmed to bring to spring water. So having different tools, you can vortex your water by even just a simple, you know, uh, coffee foamer that I've done. And, but most importantly, it's, it's basic. Coffee foamer. So you'll use a coffee yeah. foamer and a cup of water. I'm like, educate yeah, me. I'm yeah, so curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, to vortex again, that energy of, uh, mimicking spring water coming off of the mountains, you know, it's constantly spiraling in that, in that way. So when we can put you know, there's some basic technologies. Of course, there's vortexers you can get online. Um, I'm not a pro in any of those, but you can um, you can just take a, a nice foam, uh, for, for, what do you call it, frother? <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, frother. Yeah. <laughs> and you can put it in and it's, it's just, um, yeah, it's bringing in that vortex spiraling, um, you know, it's just spiraling into your water. And do you like set intentions over the water when yeah. you do that? I think that's been more of my practice in anything is, is really going to the basics of, you know, water holding memory. So every moment I I'm really, I'm blessing my water and praying my water. And I've done a, you know, I've had my path of on the plant medicine path and, and ayahuasca has really been a, a beautiful teacher for me and how to really take care of my water and take care of my inner waters and one of that is really slowing down. I was, I was going into this, you know, busyness of doing and constantly in the work of water for life. Like I'm here to, to save the world, <laughs> but you know, of course, lesson number one is save yourself first. And so, and it was, you know, if I'm busy and I'm running around from place to place and I'm sipping water in that same moment, my water is remembering that vibration of go, go, go busy, busy, busy. So when you can like slow down and have an intentional breath with your water, oh, wow, it's, it's, it's going right into your, your bloodstream, into your body, into your organs. And you can see the, the impact of what, you know, like our, it takes five minutes for our water to turn into our blood. So you can imagine that our entire body is just like with this, with this energy. So Yes. Love your water. Bless your water. Thank your water. What intention are you bringing in? I am so abundant. I am so love. I am open. I am, I'm free. I'm expressive. I'm beautiful. You know, we can say so many beautiful things into our waters. Mm, And I love that it's something that anyone can do anywhere. (laughs) Yes. No technology needed for that one. (laughs) No technology needed. I remember something that you shared with me a while ago that when you do your, so when you do the drop, so like, I'll just kind of give a a little overview from my understanding with it. Like water for life has created technology for filters where you're giving filters into communities that allows them to filter the own water they have access to. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned that you're very particular about who delivers the filters and why, and like how you create relationships with the communities. Can you kind of share about that? Yeah, definitely. There, of course, on the journey of Water for Life Global was to see 
you know, we were being hit with, of course, white saviorism. And it took a lot of us to really go, you know, like kind of fail by experience and, and to see that the best way to do this is to empower the locals. You know, when when we provide the resources and we're behind the scenes, just, you know, being the movers and the shifters and we can facilitate, but yet we can then provide these communities, like these women, you know, women are the, the leaders of the water. They're, you know, generally the men are out working and the women are taking care of the cooking, the cleaning and the water and, and, and the fire supplies to, to cook. And, you know, it's really important to Nikki and I to be able to bring the, bring the resources to families, but to have it be completely run by locals. And so we would find community leaders and those community leaders, then they themselves locate the most families in need. So we create a list of those families and we then bring them into a, you know, essential location into the community and we give them an education on, on water access and, and why they're, why they have this water filtration system and talking about parasites, talking about sugar, talking about sanitation. And we also provide them with natural sanitation products. So we partner with the lemongrass company in Guatemala city, and they provide these natural products that we can also talk, you know, it's being able to protect our water sources at the same time. Like just yesterday, it was crazy. I try to get it on camera, but I wasn't fast enough. I'm, I'm on the streets and I just see, you know, comes just like the PVC pipe on the side, just where it's, um, because you live at Lake Atitlan. Yeah. Yes. I, I live in, I live with them. Um, I live in the community. I, I'm here and I'm seeing just firsthand this like neon green water just coming out of the pipes in the street and into, which then gets led down to Lake Atitlan, the, the source of water for so many families, so many families. Like I, I saw it in a community. I, there was a little girl that literally just took her empty soda bottle and just went to the lakeside edge and filled up her water and drink and drank it. Oh. And there was just this part of me. I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, this is so like, it's known for so many travelers yeah. even here is like, it's very toxic water. Not even There's to swim in it. Like I have never even swim in it because I've heard that like the, 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 the gray and the brown water gets recycled back into water. the, Yeah. You know, you go in certain places, like there's literally this pipe, like huge, massive pipe that is just straight gray water going right into the lake, you know, and it's just, it's, and it's so heartbreaking because, you know, there's a disconnect of like, where, like what's making people sick. And it's like, yes, the water, it's just, and that's why education is so important to us and, and being able to educate on even just the toxicity that's, that's being used in our, our products, Mm. you know, so by collaborating with different projects and different um, products, we can help these families have, you know, this diverse product that they can use to cook their vegetables, I'm sorry, clean their vegetables with, clean their body with, uh, clean their floor with just like a very universal product. But again, that's, it's not hurting the water when it, when it leaves. Mm. Oh, so is is there like a lot of like conventional soaps and shampoos and like cleaning products mm-hmm. that is causing it even more because it's going back in? Oh yeah, yeah. That's a lot of 
a lot of what we're seeing just all over the world, not just in Guatemala, but just all the herbicides, the pesticides, the toxicity that's in our on our products and and being able to change those ways and and to and to see that if we want our our waters to be clean, if we want to for the future of our children to be able to take literally take a, a water bottle into the lake, like that would be beautiful, but we're not there. So that's why we're going into you know, having to use filtration systems. And, and that's why we're also really excited with uh, our future of Water for Life Global is to work with, we're collaborating with a permaculture farm, Grand Hazakin, as well as another nonprofit organization, Wellkind, to really support a riverway in Lake Gatitlan in Sunana. And that's what incredible. we're going to be doing is building... Yeah, yeah, it's not only being able to support families to have access to clean water through an immediate solution through filtration systems, it's like planting the seeds for the future and building low tech solutions, you know, and that was the other part of like our journey with the project is we were seeing so water privatization is a real thing and water being owned and water making it a commodity being like when there are companies out there that are literally buying very inexpensive land and then they just drill drill well in there and then they sell the water back to the people. And these, these companies are billion dollar water companies. And these are essentially plastic companies. They're putting it in plastic. They're damaging our earth. They're creating dead water. You, you have, you know, a water tank in, you know, you drink from a, a, a water bottle and that's been sitting in, you know, uh, a, a warehouse that has been traveling in the back of a pickup truck with sun beaming on it. And that plastic is, is definitely in the water. Mm. So it's like, how can we go back to the, to the basics and how can we clean our water naturally through plants? So our vision is really to create these underground sediment tanks into an underground irrigation system, which would be met with plants. And that's the permaculture motto of, you know, slow it, spread it, sink it, and, or slow it, yeah, spread it, sink it, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning even in the permaculture ways, which is so exciting because that's the future. I mean, I mean, this, this permaculture has been around for a long, long time, and we're just re-remembering how our waters can be naturally filtered through plants. Like, there are plants that absorb those, those toxicities, Wow. But you just have to yeah. to get there and rebuild those systems. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just have like full body goosebumps because I've spent a lot of time at Lake Atadlan. And I remember one time I went there and I like um, took mushrooms with my cousin and we were sitting at the lake and it was just this beautiful experience with the water, but the trash was glaring. Mm. And it was like, the trash was like crying for help. Almost. It's like the water was crying for help. And, you know, especially with like um, psychedelics or mushrooms, there's this added interconnectedness to nature and things that are not of nature stand out even more. And I just remember like my heart, my heart crying out, like wanting to be like, what can be done? How can there be a change that's created? Because we can lead it. Like I have um, a couple of friends that work in Guatemala as well. Like I, my heart is there. That's why I'm so happy to be doing this interview. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but it's like, okay, we can lead a trash day. But how is that going to sustainably create a change versus a Band-Aid? And so I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I have full body chills because this is 
a sustainable change that could alter it, not just fix it for a day. And that's just incredible. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for that. Cause, and that's just where we're at. We're just feeling so alive to build sustainable practices. And, and even it just, it's so clear. No, like the, the waters are crying. The world is crying. Like we know that in many different ways. And, and I feel that. And it was, I had this conversation. It was an amazing conversation with a friend. It's like, I feel like we're on a war of stupidity in this world. We Wait, are. Wait, you just literally... cut out for a second. Say that again. You said a war of. <laughs> stupidity. Oh, isn't that so funny though? It like crackled, right? When you said it. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, should I say that again? <laughs> I was like, maybe, maybe the universe didn't want me to say that. So let me reiterate. No, is, it's okay. Is we're not we like stu- unfiltered. <laughs> we're not stupid, but we're we're learning, we're relearning the basics of life. And and somewhere in this line of growing up this time is we were taught to excuse my language, but like shit in our water, to like go the bathroom in our water, which could be free energy. This could be a way of, of really being the key into life, but we've been taught that we waste all this water just going to the bathroom. And when we can go to these like core roots of why our water is so contaminated, you know, we need to remember that it's, it's, you know, it's bacteria that's going into our water. We're, we're, it's gray water that's going in. And how can we go to that? So let's talk about toilets. Let's talk about compost toilets. Let's find solutions that are that are available to not be, to like mitigate those problems mm-hmm. and to really intercept why, where the gray water is coming from. Of yeah. course, it's our, yeah. it's our waste, our waste. Oh my gosh. But it's so, I love that you're being able to have like, because the first time I went to Guatemala was, or no, no, no. The first time I saw a compost toilet was while being in Guatemala, learning about permaculture sustainability. But coming from the U.S., growing up where we don't ever see that, like it's just gross. That's the culture we're taught is like disgusting, gross. Like we shouldn't see it, smell it, make it be gone immediately, which, which, you know, that's not, it, it makes sense. But we've never been taught like how, much it can affect um, the growth of the land below us. Like I remember I was like, wait a minute, you mean I just go to the bathroom right here and then scoop this dirt and put it over (laughs) it and walk away? Like, are you kidding me? Like, shouldn't I be doing more? Shouldn't there be more happening? Can it really be that simple? Like, am I, you know, it's just, it's just like you said, returning to the simplicity, but we have to, it's our culture. Like you're being in totally different cultures that we don't even think about that because we've never had to. Yeah. And that's a, it's I, no one can be blamed. It's just like, it's again, it's our program. It's just the way that our upbringing has been and, and technology keeps advancing. Like the last time I was home, I go to a friend's house and I walk into the bathroom and literally as I'm walking to the toilet, the toilet seat starts rising and it's all lit up, all fancy. I sit down on the toilet and it's warm. Like the 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 toilet seat is like this cozy warm temperature and i'm like what is going on it has all of you know the settings on the side for you know cleanliness and i'm like wow this is i didn't know like whether to like shake my head or just be like what like what is going on but yet like it's amazing but no this is wrong like so yeah there's it's different and we're learning and there's like the we're, five speed bidet 
connected to it. <laughs> yeah, I have a bidet I, at my house that I moved into, and I'm not going to lie. I think it's the best it's thing ever. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it does save trees. So, you know, there's, it's, oh, there you know, we go. It, it, it goes, you know, if you don't use toilet paper, that's great. So there's, it's, you know, there's positives and negatives to everything, but. Yeah. And you're and saying that's, you're in a place where there's the most need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, a huge need. I, I would love to hear like, you know, as you've been on this journey, there's amazing things that you guys are doing. There's always like, um, uh, there's always days that like, I'm sure you're just lit on fire and passion and inspiration <laughs> just guides you. I'm curious, like for the, for maybe someone else that's, you know, pursuing something they truly care about, or maybe it's nonprofit or their mm-hmm. own business. Like, how do you get through the days you're not sure you believe in it, you know, believe in yourself? Uh, like, how do you get through those, those, those days? Yeah. How does that show up for you? So interesting. Great question. Yeah. Devotion is a beautiful thing and, and really honoring yourself and feeling like what your needs are just it's you are like this little inner cheerleader for yourself you know I'm constantly saying you know you got this you got this like the growth the the so much work I've done on my solar plexus to step into my power of to be a leader it's not easy but you know it's like it's trust and I really like encourage those that are on this path to really trust within yourself and, and give yourself so much self-love and, and compassion when things don't feel like it's, it's going the way you want or not fast enough, or you're not create like doing all the things. And there's, of course, there's always going to be haters out there that think that their way is better. And, And so really going back to your trust and to your why, like, why is this so important to you? And my why is so strong when it comes to water. It's just, it's, Mm -hmm. I've lived it. I've been in the pain and I'm committed to it and, and praying. Like for me, I'm, I'm in that prayer with the water and, and asking for clarity, asking for direction and, and surrendering if it, if it doesn't mean I'm supposed to go this way, not to be attached, but Mm -hmm. really to be open, to listen to spirit because spirit's always guiding. It's just, we just have to have our eyes our eyes open, our ears like ready to hear because there is synchronicities and there's patterns and just like, look for that because that's a guiding, that's a guiding path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that there's like, there's things that are guiding us that we can notice and we can take it as like, yes, this is a, this is evidence that I am supported Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like being willing to look at those things, even when we get the no or the rejection or the door slams or like, it doesn't go the way we thought it would go, but trusting it's still going. Yeah. Trusting it's still going. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful journey, you know, and, and it's for me, it was just being able, like, not only am I helping, you know, people to families to have access to clean water, like, we've, I'm like healing my own inner waters by this process. And I had this really beautiful realization while I was on mushrooms and I was in nature and just saying like, when we do our work of inner healing, that is a gift to the world. Like when we take more action to like pee outside and that's our waters, you know, going back into earth of healing. 
So it's like, mm. let that be a purification in itself and, and to do our work. And so whatever journey we're on, whatever we're devoted to, whether it be water, children, you know, sexual abuse, trauma, trash, ocean, I mean, you know, war, there's so much happening in this like life right now. It's like, gosh, it just doesn't, it doesn't stop. And that's what I'm just so I just encourage all those people that have that inner calling just to go out there and get it and, yeah. and support in any way. And it doesn't always have to be a tangible thing. Like money isn't always the answer. And what I love to say is we are bridges, we're connections. Like how can you, how can one person say, Hey, I may not have financial means to support your project, but I know someone who may, and just to step into your own power and to say, Hey, listen, I know this amazing project, Water for Life Global or X, Y, and Z. This, I, I have a feeling that you would be really in resonance with their mission. And how would you be open to helping them by making a contribution? Mm-hmm. Something like that is just being able to spread the mission, the message, and, and maybe you're an artist, maybe you're a writer, maybe you're a designer, maybe you're like amazing at facilitation in workshops or something is be in your truth and in your power. And how can you give back? And it's just creating this web of we're going to create a a world where if you're not supporting a project or you're not helping someone, it's going to be like, Oh, you know, that's, that's interesting. You know, we're, we're in this together, you know, and not coming from this one minded goal for yourself, like Mm -hmm. thinking of the world as a whole of how can we can help it. Mm -hmm. Mm, that's so beautiful yeah being a part of the world we live in and especially I'm sure you've seen that from the travels of being able to see how big it actually is Mm -hmm. yeah lots of beautiful places here and there's little villages that get forgotten and there's you know Mm -hmm. even big big cities that get forgotten you know there's we are in uh lots of lots of changes there's need there's a need. There's a need. Yeah. So how um, can people connect? I know that you have um, uh, this project that's going on with the riverways. Like, how can people be of support? Um, tell us what you need. Like, what is like your vision mm. that you wish could happen? <laughs> yeah, the grand question. Thank you so much. Yeah. So Water for Life Global is always looking for financial abundance to really be able to live out our projects. We have really exciting things just tomorrow. I'm really excited. is World Water Day, which is March 22nd. And this is a really exciting time because we're launching a fundraiser for a thousand families to be supported in each family will receive a $50 ripple kit. And in the ripple kit will be a water filtration system that will support them to have um, access to clean water for many years, removing all bacteria, protozoas, and cysts. It's a 0.1 micron of the F100. We also support families with the natural sanitation products. Again, that's a collaboration with Lemongrass. We also donate um, an education course. So they learn about water and sanitation. They also, we do reforestation. So we collaborate with Wellkind and we plant trees for the future to be able to naturally filter the water. And like I said, again, with this permaculture proposal, like we've been in a beautiful 
beautiful proposal that is ready to be launched. So if you are interested or have anyone that knows interest in helping us financially fund this project, this is a very tangible way to support sharing our mission, going on Facebook, on Instagram, following us at, at water for number four, life global. You can find us in all of our work. You can go online at www.waterforlifeglobal.org. And yes, share, spread, connect. Yeah. And like, you know, and that's, I love what you said earlier. It's like, even if you're not in a place to make like a huge financial investment, like even $5, $10, and then sending it to someone that maybe, you know, might, especially um, anyone that you know, that might be touched by this story of sharing, like what this journey has been of sharing it with them. um, Or if you feel a calling, just there's a ripple effect that can happen. Mm. And even the smallest of donations still is contributing to this. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just so happy that we got to, that you got to join Jenna and like hearing kind of your behind the scenes of what <laughs> you've been doing, because I remember like years ago when this was first starting and like your devotion and persistence and just dedication to this work is just really beautiful to see. Thank you so much, Kelsey. It's it's so, so nice to be able to have a space to share too and to speak what's been so inside of my heart through the learnings through all of this in, in my devotion. Yeah. So can people reach out to you if they have questions about things yes. or if they want to share some of their story with you or something? <laughs> yeah, if you want to email me, I would love personal emails. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's Jenna at waterforlifeglobal.org. You can contact me at. And yeah, it would just it'd be such an honor. Again, like we're talking about sustainability. So one thing that we're really hoping for is even a small contribution of $5, $10 a month is such a beautiful way to to really give back. You know, we have our Netflix, we have our coffees, we have our, all of our little on like monthly contributions. And I would think like how beautiful it would be as if, if we can inspire a collective of people to be a monthly donor for our project so that we can really live out our mission and really support these families in a tangible way. And it's so real, it's so needed. And I'm just yeah. so grateful for the consideration. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And it's just insane, like how, you know, a small amount of money to people that live in the United States can create access to water, like through the water filter for like years. Like, so yeah, I, um, you guys, if you're listening to this and you feel a calling, please make a contribution to water for life global. And if not, um, that's okay too. even going and liking their Instagram. Um, and the link will be in the show notes and like supporting them through your, you know, following or commenting or sending this episode to someone is still is going to help. And if anything too, let's all start setting intentions with our water and blessing the water and giving thanks to the water that is in our life because i do think that creating appreciation and gratitude creates a ripple effect in so many ways as well yeah i definitely got chills when you said that last part so yeah i'm really feeling that too so thank you so much for saying that yeah well thank you so much jenna for joining us today on the podcast such an honor and I'm so excited just yeah yeah really would love to get this um yeah hear what people's opinions are and share stories talk about water I'm always in 
<laughs> I love it. Is there anything you'd like to share before we end the show? Mm. Yeah, just many blessings to your water and just so grateful for being able to express in this way of something that's so important to me and so important to the entire world. So yeah, blessings to your water, blessings to you, Kelsey, and may you continue to be such a divine leader in, in your community so that we can continue to help heal the world. Joe's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much in so many ways. And thank you guys for listening in to Joyfully You podcast. If you know someone that might enjoy this episode or maybe someone that you've traveled with before that might resonate with some of the things we shared, go ahead and send that to them. Um, and if you've been loving, loving Joyfully You podcast, it means the world to go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, write a little something um, if you enjoyed this episode. So again, Jenna, thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to Joyfully You podcast, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>